Welcome to the Encore Audio Video Podcast. Innovative technology simplified with the Encore Systems designers, Jeff Grove and Clark Von Trotha. Here's your host, Luke Anderson. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Encore Audio Video Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Anderson, sitting uh, directly across from me, Clark Von Trotha. To my left is Jeff Grove. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Doing well. Happy Friday. Is it a happy Friday, Jim? It will be. (laughs) (laughs) It is a Friday, so it is all good. Uh, We are going to uh, talk about a subject that uh, I I normally feel like the outsider in these conversations to begin with. But this one, I have really no foundation of other than a John Cusack movie of what we're actually talking about. Uh, Today, we're talking about high fidelity. in order for this to make sense, I understand what the word high means. It has several different contexts. So it really depends on the other word that we're talking about, which is fidelity. So let's start with what that actually means. I, I picture I picture our friend uh, Don Cheadle uh, <laughs> in the movie oh, no. Boogie Nights uh, yeah, nice. trying to explain his hi-fi uh, stereo the, system. It's, the, it's the higher up, the five. The upgrade that he yeah, talks about. Yeah, yes. the, up, the upgrade there. Oh, so. <laughs> In a more layman way, you know, talking about high fidelity. Well, let's, let's just start lot, with what is fidelity? What is fidelity as a word? What does that mean? Fidelity uh, is the quality of what you're viewing or you're listening to. Okay. Uh, in this case, we're talking about what you're listening to, I think, a bit more in this conversation. But 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 it, it, it is that that uh, the quality, the fidelity of it, how high quality are, are you uh, – is the experience. So there's an easy swap. So, so when we talk about high fidelity sound, we're talking about high quality sound, correct? right? So that's an easy swap in your brain to make it really quick, simple. There you go. Yeah. And and at the end of the day, the, the goal here is to try to make it sound as much like the real live performance, let's just call it uh, versus listening to an amplifier with some speakers. And and what's interesting about that, because you mentioned live performances, there, there's, the experience of going and seeing live music is is flooded with all sorts of uh, interrupters, right? That's not necessarily the highest quality, depending on where your seats are and depending on all of that. So, like th- they build it out so that you're getting all of the sound, so, but you so still have a drunk guy next yeah, to you. So to clarify, <laughs> when, when I say a live performance, I'm talking about things that don't have sound reinforcement. So I'm I'm talking about you go to like a a symphony orchestra. There you go. That. There, there are no microphones and there are no speakers. What you're listening to is those instruments playing. And, of course, you're listening to it in a hall. So you're hearing the hall as well and all the the reverb and whatnot that happens based on the space that you're in. And a true high-fidelity system does a better job of reproducing all of those things. Okay. Um, when you start talking live performances where it's your favorite band at whatever – concert venue you know whether it's the moda center here or somewhere else in tacoma or whatever yeah um when you start having sound reinforcement that now it's not quite the same thing because when you listen to a a live performance in that regard versus that same artist off of your your favorite cd or streaming service or whatever it's not the same thing yeah 100 percent. and no, then there I, yeah. I remember there's there's a great documentary about Sound City in uh, in Van Nuys, California, and that's where they recorded the album uh, Nevermind for Nirvana. And I remember that there was uh, – in, in Kurt Cobain's book, he talks about how he hated the quality of that record because it didn't sound 
grungy enough uh, for a, for a lack of a better term. I mean, yeah. they, they kind of ushered in the grunge era, but really saying that it sounded too clean almost. But those those producers and those uh, those studio engineers make a lot of money to make sure that they get that. But you bring, you bring up, an, I think, an interesting point, and that is that um, you know, fidelity is about ultimately you know uh, interpreting the artist's vision. Mm, okay. uh, in in your space in that's your home. exactly it and Ooh, so look at, it look could, at this it, we got deep here it, now. It, it could it could mean in the case of kurt cobain and Nevermind, uh you know hey that wasn't the version i wanted we're gonna we're gonna change that the we're gonna get the engineers back together and yeah. supposedly remaster that and this has <laughs> happened with artists where sure. they've actually made it warmer so I'll use a, a great 80s artist, Roxy Music. Okay. They went back to their catalog and they went back to a lot of the analog masters and they tried to warm up the sound some and not make it as digital as some of the other versions that had come out prior. And that's uh, and for a lot of people, that can be considered audiophile as well, where it's, sure. it's a different um, – it's more in line with the artist's vision of how they want that release to be heard. And the system, to Jeff's point, just shouldn't color that. It should, gotcha. it should deliver whatever that vision is – exactly as how that was produced in a way where you're not listening to it going, oh, you know, I'm hearing some colorations of the sound that are just part of this sound system that I, that are always there. It's always going to give me a little more bass or it's always going to maybe push the, the high frequency a bit too much or whatever. A great high fidelity system will, will you get to, you get to hear music in all of its varieties. Sometimes, you know, warts and all kind of not, sure, not yeah. in the best, not in the best version. And sometimes in ways that are just sublimely real, like you think the artist is in the room with you. And it really just depends on what you're listening to. And that's a kind of, I think also a good segue into not just the components of the system, picking that out, but the room and how that plays into it. Well, and, I think this is a good place to start. So, I mean, if, if, so if, if the true goal of high fidelity is to get as close to the artist's vision mm-hmm. as possible, well, the artist's vision that starts with the the recording equipment and what they sure. do, and, and a demo tape versus having you know studio quality, properly engineered. And the, yeah. there's a reason that there's so many great albums that come out of you know three or four studios around the world for a yeah. lot of uh, right. a recorded yeah. history, right? So you get the artist's vision; they get it as close as they can with their engineers, with their producers, with their team, the musicians yeah. that they're working with, and now they've got their their best rep- representation of what they want to have. There are different qualities of that copy. There's MP3s and there's vinyl and there's CD right. and there's cassette and there's eight track and there's all of the, now, you know, with, with all the streaming sources that we have. So let's talk about that source material yeah, and how important. much that varies so, when we're so talking that's about one of That's one of the, what, what I consider the three criteria of, of building a hi-fi system. What you're talking about is what, where's it being delivered from? You know, so what is the content? Where's it coming from? Um, that's something we, have control of, sure for sure. Uh, those other couple areas would be the rest of the equipment, i.e., the speakers, the amplifier, surge protection, cables, all of that stuff. And the last part's going to be the room and the setup of the equipment in the room. And so, the general rule is if we can control two of those two three <laughs> things, we we can get pretty close to to what 
and any two of those things yes. or, or so so is there one that has more of a hierarchy i mean we we may get into an entirely different aside here yeah. But is there a best source material? I know that I've heard people say, well, if you're not listening to it on vinyl, you're not really here. It's unique to every situation, and that okay. implies yeah. the source, room, and equipment. Every situation can apply different parameters to what Jeff's talking okay. about, but he's generally correct. Yeah, when you have so at least a couple of So if you've got the perfect room and the perfect equipment, and MP3 is as good yeah. as... No. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> see, see what I'm saying. Yeah. So, so yeah. when we talk about yeah. source material, let's so, go through the differentiations so, between your different source materials. Yeah, so, so content, you, you, ideally we want content that doesn't have any sort of compression in it. Sure. And MP3s are, even the best ones have compression. So you compare those against any format that doesn't have compression or less compression, i.e. a CD uh, maybe a really high quality reel to reel kind of thing. Okay. Uh, typically going to get a better result there. And then going to the top end side of things, whether it be really high end digital music, which is getting as close to studio masters as you can, or having really good pressings of vinyl. Not not all pressings are the same. They're not, and not all CD players yeah. are the same. Yeah. So it's it's also the the actual you know deck that you're playing on as well. Absolutely, I I can attest from the the collection of vinyl I have compared to uh, the the same content I play, whether it be from CD or a high res music service, and there are definitely some pressings of vinyl that are just knock your socks off amazing way better mm-hmm. than even the best quality digital stuff I can find. And then on the flip side, I have several pressings of vinyl that, okay, they're warm and they sound a little different because they're vinyl and because they're analog, but I wouldn't necessarily say they're better than, yeah. the, than the high-res digital stuff. So then I guess going to that, I could have the perfect room, I can have the, the great equipment, and I can play an MP3 and get better quality than if I have a lousy turntable and a poor pressing of a great album. Very possible. Okay, yes. so yeah. so th- so there are some there's there's a lot of variation in that content mm-hmm. and how that's delivered. Okay, so so the the source material that's something where an audiophile is going to kind of know what they're looking for, but somebody yeah. that's really trying to dive into high fidelity, that's a conversation that is very varied and nuanced depending on what exactly you're trying to do. So getting your dad's old stack of records doesn't guarantee that they're going to be better nope. than the new digital nope. copies nope. we can get. It, it, absolutely. Okay, no. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Cool. So, so we've accomplished uh, something there yes, yeah. at, the, at the, the material and the content part of things. So now let's talk about the equipment. And, and I think what's, you might as well start with the players, right? Yeah. Getting, spending, you know, uh, more, more time researching, spending more money, uh, to get that, the perfect, you know, uh, the, whether it's a turntable or CD player or just even the digital equipment playing off an iPod, Uh, I imagine very different playing than off a PC. Some some form of a a high-res music streamer is going to do a much better job than any of that other stuff you just So tell me what this is, a high-res music streamer. What what should I picture in my head of that? So a device that is designed to do nothing but acquire information from whatever streaming service you want to get it from and then typically those have a very high quality what's called digital to analog converter. Okay. So they take that digital bitstream that's coming from whatever service you're streaming from, could even be your computer library over the network, whatever, okay. and converts it in a really high resolution way so it loses 
the smallest amount of information possible when converting back to analog because that's how we hear. Okay. And choosing that equipment, I think, is important relating back to source. And I think that's a big conversation that we have a lot with clients and, and that if your source listening is, I got a library of MP3s, it's never going to change. I'm never going to sign up for a streaming service. <laughs> sure. I don't care about any of that. That might change my um, my selection of, of components to yeah. play back what he's wanting to listen to versus somebody who's like, no, I buy the highest quality piece of vinyl or I sign up for the highest resolution streaming service or I, I always buy remastered CDs, whatever. And, and I'm willing to put some money into my, my library or my source uh, and that I'm going to listen to when I, when I do play on the system, that's a completely different conversation on, on the level of sources that are just going to be in, in terms of playback yeah. of what you're going to use, whether it's a streamer or a CD player or a turntable, regardless. So that's, that I think is an, a really important conversation to, to talk about, you know, is, sure. is, is to tie that back to that. But it also ties into everything else in the stream of components, you know, that we're getting into. Yeah. So now we've got. So it doesn't matter which source we have, whether it's vinyl, CD, or that digital streamer. We've got the best fit for the material, yeah. and we have the best way of transitioning it. What's the next step in the chain of getting it to my ears? It probably should be a conversation about the room. Oh, okay. So now we're we're kind of skipping yeah. ahead and working backwards uh, yeah. now. So you're working you're working both from both directions, the yeah, source material right. and the room. Okay, so it's, let's talk about the room. It's a little difficult to to just arbitrarily pick a speaker, not knowing what the environment's going to be. Let's do this. I'll throw you a wrench in real quick. Let's say it's you know I just wanted to listen through you know a great pair of headphones where the, that would take the room out of because that's a way if you just if yeah. you just wanted to immerse yourself shut off all the lights turn on a couple candles and then just really immerse yourself in that music is yeah. there is there any step besides just plugging into that digital streamer uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. it, 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 there can be more steps. I don't that. feel bad for knowing nothing about the high fidelity conversation. Well, when for you the s- fact that every time I ask you, Jeff a question, you go, well, when you say headphones, so, so this is, a, I think, okay. what yeah. Jeff's alluding to. When you say headphones, they come in a lot of varieties. So, so there are headphones, and then it can go all the way up to categories that would be described as actually ear speakers. Um, okay. And so... What what I mean by that is there are headphones for a lot of people. It just means like, hey, I'm going to use my wireless. I'm going you know, for a jog. I want to hear some music. Yeah. yeah. So that's going to require, hey, how how high quality are the headphones? But also it goes back to the source again. How how high yep. quality is your source and what device are you trying to connect to so that there's seamless connectivity in that wireless device or so wired device? Kind so, of goes so, back to the network conversation we had in the last podcast where bit, it's, yeah. it's you can you can spend all you want uh, on, you know, your your streaming service. But if your Wi-Fi is sending it at a, <laughs> at a or, 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 or spend as much as you want on your yeah. Wi-Fi and then you can have all your components to, to run but as I'll, fast as possible. But if you don't have the right. But I'll use this as an example. It. We've had many hi-fi clients tell us the same thing, uh, but certainly Jeff and I have noticed this. Different devices, and I'll just pick Apple, because Jeff and I have a fair amount of Apple product. If you're listening to something on wireless headphones from different devices, same headphones, yep, could be your MacBook Pro, could be your iPad, could be your iPhone, there are differences there. Okay. And sometimes it can be a very fundamental difference, and sometimes there's less so. It just depends on that device and how it's transmitting and the internal elements of that. So that plays into that. Sure. But headphones can go further. So when you're when you're typically you're going to get the best sound from a headphone if it's wired in, in a lot of cases, especially in over the ear 
type yep. scenario. And as you as you move up the ladder in the fidelity of those, you can start introducing other things like headphone preamps and things that separate the preamp stage from the device so that it becomes quieter and you have more control and it has more dynamics and it's going to be more, to Jeff's point earlier and my point earlier, more lifelike experience of, okay. of hearing the artist's vision. So that's just with headphones alone. There, there's a wide variety of that. I want to make so. sure I understand that real quick. So what the preamp is doing is it is – it is the, the way that you said it. You said it's the quieter, quieter, and the loud is louder. So it, yeah, it gives think you of more it like range. Yeah, it, it, it's something you Great, plug greater in greater dynamic range. Yeah, greater yeah. dynamic range. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, so that's you, almost it, there. I missed one. And, it, and, you, and a preamp, Luke, is just okay. a, a device that's going to allow you to preamplify the signal with a volume control on gotcha. it, typically. And there's different connection methods. It could be balanced or single ended, and some. But so when I adjust, when I adjust the final volume knob, yeah. it's going to make a greater impact on that. The loud is louder. Yeah, the correct. quiet is quieter. Yeah. And and at the end of the day, when we're talking about the choice of what headphone or the choice of what speaker, based on, in the case of a speaker, might be based on the room environment as well, very likely should be, then that starts to dictate what we use for the amplification for speakers or a better quality uh, headphone preamp potentially gotcha. for headphones. So as an example... Let's say we have a room that's not very large, 10 by 10. It's got some built-in cabinets. Uh, this, the, the customer wants to put those speakers in the cabinets, which already kind of tells me it's going to be a bookshelf speaker. Sure. And, and remind they, me, we don't want 10 by 10. Well, that's not necessarily a good thing, but I'm, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just yeah, I'm just, I'm just I'm trying to I'm trying to pick up the knowledge from other I podcasts like it, and bring it in here. Yeah. But yeah. The, is, he's heard the square us. room he's heard is us. not I good. Like square it. rooms are not good. Okay. Yeah. That, that is correct. Gotcha. But, but for just to make it simple. Uh, and, and so those speakers are going to be placed in an equal distant way in those cabinets in front of you. But let's say your seating position maybe is not center of the room. Yep. Your seating position is back in the opposite corner or something. So now I have to play with some things in terms of balance and aiming the speakers and whatnot, even if they're in the cabinets, to get you the best performance. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, we go back to the the old picture of the Memorex you know guy in the chair <laughs> be with, blown his, with back. his hair being blown yeah. back and okay maybe it's a bigger room maybe we have the ability to put speakers on the floor which can then also mean we can control the placement of those speakers better which starts to let those speakers play in the room in a better way and control the distance of each speaker to the listening position and so on and so forth so you you, you have kind of endless variables here. Yeah. And so that's why I said that the room and, and ultimately kind of the design of, of what aesthetically you're after is going to play a part on what speakers we pick. Sure. And then that really plays a part in how we drive those speakers. And it's, it, and it's important when you talk about the room to understand that the room can help and, and or hurt. Sure. You know, so the, and, and the ultimate goal is to try to amplify the elements of the room that are going to help you or help the fidelity of the experience and minimize the elements of the room that are going to detract from that experience. Um, whether it's in the case of Jeff's last example, a room that's a, the exact same size, hey, you know what, we, we have to take into account that um, because of 
you know, for a second or reflection issues and other problems that the room. So you have a 10 by 10 room. I mean, the variables yeah. in there, you can have wood floors, tile, carpet Correct. are all very, very different. Uh, yep. Seven windows, no windows, yeah. uh, cloth curtains, wood curtains. Uh, Ceiling the, height, all of it. Yeah, absolutely. And then, yeah. and you add in all of these other elements. So you're kind of playing with that. So it's yeah. very much like the source material, depending on what your, where, where your content is coming from, dictates so much on the front end. And then on the back end, the room dictates, you know, Not just what speakers you would use, but how they're positioned and all of that. So now we meet in the middle. All of that, you said what drives the speakers, I believe is the word that you use there, Jeff. So, so now, now you've got the, the source and you're, you're coming in from that direction. You've got the room. You've kind of figured out the best layout for that. How do we figure out what drives this whole engine? So once we've determined, okay, we love this XYZ speaker, um, we're going to look at some of the, specs in terms of what the manufacturer recommends for amplifier sizes yep. and of course what sources are you wanting to play which will determine potentially how many inputs said device has because uh, very few people are using it just for just for music or just for television it's going to be a combination correct. of sources yeah. correct and and then to to get into that whole room conversation if it's a difficult room and we're not going to be allowed to have the conversation about some treatment in the room to fix some of those anomalies, which sometimes is true. Uh, that there, there are spouses that sometimes say that, no, that can't happen. That's not pretty. So we're not <laughs> going to do that. Husbands so, are the worst, aren't they? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so then it may come down to, all right, we need to put a, a, an amplifier in here that has some room correction in it. Yeah. So we can deploy a way to fix some of the problems in that room in a digital way instead of an analog way. One thing that we really didn't talk about with speakers, which I think might have been my fault because I'm hosting this thing after all. <laughs> uh, but I think it plays into your amplifiers as well is the aesthetics of those speakers. And it's yeah. not just it's not just the sound. Yeah. And it's it, like you said, you were talking about bookshelf speakers or speakers that are on the ground. Sometimes you don't have the ability to put place those but you get that big bulky amplifier that can take all the sources and do everything that you need it to do, and it's ugly. Yeah, and so I think the, the, fur- the furniture is is another yeah. component, making sure that sure. we're housing it somewhere where it's going to optimize the performance. You're, you're you're nodding your head, Clark. Too. Yeah, well, here. the the aesthetics are are a key factor that play into this to a lot of things. I mean, not just how the speaker looks, but it also plays into the type of speaker that would be appropriate for that space. Because certain speakers are going to help, again, with the better attributes of the room better than others and, and or minimize some of the, the uh, detracting aspects of the space. So, you know, you, you have to kind of take all that into account and say, okay, this is the speaker that or speaker style or type or line or manufacturer that we're going to migrate to just because of, you know, what the space is going to do. And, and we can't change those things. And then to Jeff's point with the amplification, all that plays into it and, and what kind of you know DSP or control we may have through that. But it's also on the aesthetic side of things, different speaker manufacturers pay more attention to that than others. You know, sure. there are some that are sound wonderful. Uh, I actually own a set of speakers, <laughs> which will name nameless, but, but they're not for everyone. And they don't necessarily, I think mine are fine, but, but as you go up in the line, 
they get uglier. They, you, you may not like that line. Yeah. They, and they so, look like robots. Yeah. And yeah. so ultimately, oh, robots are awesome. and ultimately, you know, it's, it's really kind of keying into that in the space and how we can, and sometimes we can hide speakers within the space just by recessing them or, or put, you're taking a look at cabinetry, but you have to take into account the effects that may have on the speaker as well. Too. Can I be honest? I want to find some really ugly speakers for the garage. Like, okay. you know, I feel like in the garage you need to have, you need to have some way to turn on music, right? And you're out there working. Usually it's a project thing, but I don't want to get speakers that look good out there. I need something that's really gnarly, like a big chunk out of like the oversized wood <laughs> cabinetry on it. The, the covers have been torn off and they're just, somebody goes, that's a speaker. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> kind of what I'm looking for. So there's wow. certain places uh-huh. where sure. it's appropriate. So wow. it's just, okay. just, just a thought. Maybe the way, the way that my brain, brain works. Uh, so, so figuring out the, the, the right equipment, getting the right aesthetic for that equipment, the right aesthetic for those speakers. You, you have that room. You're limited by the, the, the preferences of both, maybe all the people that live in the house, depending on what your, uh, your situation is. I mean, I'll tell you one thing that happens in my house. They don't get a lot of aesthetic choice, but we certainly make choices that make things very livable for two five-year-olds at this point. So, you know, the, the people in your home, you, you figure out all of those components. What's that, that last element? that I kind of teased a little bit is the furniture, how we house everything and how important is it to make sure not only that the, the, the cabinet that houses the, the amp and the, the, whatever your source equipment is and all of that and the wiring that goes between it, how, how important is making sure that everything is, is set up for optimization? So the, the furniture, obviously you want to make sure you have enough space for things to fit properly you want to make sure there's enough space for them to breathe properly. You you ideally don't want things to be rattling around yep. as you often will turn the volume up with systems <laughs> like this. Uh, so all of those things are important. And, of course, you want it to look good in the space as well. So making sure that, that you have a piece of furniture that's designed to handle all those attributes is ultimately what we're after and and you get it to fit all those attributes how much customization can you guys do to make sure it fits the aesthetic that already exists definitely we there's a fair amount of vast customization that can happen in that i mean it's obviously you know project by project specific this where you're sitting actually can affect things i mean you know depending on the room it's rare we work in rooms that are a perfect square you know so say the room is a little bit more elongated than it is wide which is an we see a fair amount spaces um where your seating position is really dictates in a lot of ways um speakers and the more speakers you add and we haven't really gotten into this because we've been largely talking about stereo but there is high fidelity in surround as well for music uh and that that is becoming more and more predominant not just in in your home over a speaker system but also over headphones so one of the new additions that they've had with headphones is to add surround or simulated surround um in the headphone itself, and it's actually encoded in the digital source. Okay. So you can hear that source in a kind of a kind of a sw- uh, surround aspect, and that gives a a, a a completely different impression. So again, the seating position will dictate speaker placement, and 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 the more speakers you have, the more that becomes a yeah. conversation. But certainly, even in stereo, I mean, you can move a couch forward and back and change the stereo image. Yep. without touching the speaker, you know, so that does play into that. So that's an important conversation too. follow the manufacturer's recommendations for cabling and all of that. Yeah. Or is there some that are so that's, better? That's, that's the last and uh, major part of, of what we have to talk about. And, um, 
So before you get into cabling, you actually want to talk about the, the fuel that runs the system, i.e. the power. It's coming oh. from the wall. And what most people don't realize is what comes out of our wall for uh, electricity is generally speaking not very clean. So it, it actually interjects noise into the system just from all the other Those things in bastards. the house. It's not – it's everything in the house, your 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 appliances, your air conditioner, your lights, yeah. uh, all those things. So I'm having, trying to listen to a record and make a margarita at the same time. It's going to sound worse? It, well, Stupid if, if blender. It, it could, yeah. <laughs> so so having, <laughs> having some form of, of good power filtration that does both cleaning up of that power but also doesn't – take away from the amount of power that said devices want to perform properly is important. So is that a, is that a power converter? Is that a power strip? Like some, what am I, what am I using there? Some form there? of a line conditioning surge protector. Line conditioning surge protector. All right. Yeah. That's a new one for me. Yeah. Uh, and, and making sure that it just has uh, all, all of the pass through abilities to juice the equipment properly. Yeah. So, you know, whether that's a, a relatively inexpensive amplifier that's let's say a thousand dollars that doesn't need a twenty amp circuit, yep. right? Then then we can do just a fifteen amp version of something like that. And on the flip side, you you have some really crazy high end amplifier because you have some very expensive speakers that want a much more robust amplifier that maybe ideally wants to be on a dedicated twenty amp circuit. Making sure that line conditioning surge protector can handle that stuff. Okay, and I think one other point. To that is that um, with line conditioning products, just like your preamp, just like your amplifier, just like your source component, it is a component yep. at all levels. I mean, and knowing and, and choosing that component to be commensurate to whatever experience we're aiming for um, with that conversation, I think, is really important. As you get higher up into the line conditioning, you know, it introduces technologies like noise dissipation and things that are. Uh, there are that really to get to a point that Jeff alluded to earlier, which is if you have an amplifier that needs a fair amount of power, it's not going to limit that in some yeah. kind of a filtration way. It's going to help deliver all the power that amp's going to give you on that nicer system and still keep the noise floor from all that noise in your AC line nice and low. So, yeah. The highest fidelity we're going to get is going to be wired. I don't think of there's course. any question about yeah, that. But the technology keeps getting better for having the highest fidelity you can get with the most convenience yep. of Wi-Fi. Yeah. Uh, is there any other components that we've talked about that would need to then, I, I imagine, I know the answer is exactly what we talked about in the last podcast, which you can find at odyssey.com and just go and listen to it. But I imagine it's built based on your network more than anything else, or is there other components that we need to mention if you're looking at trying to create a hi-fi Wi-Fi. Well, your network's definitely going to play a part into this if we're doing any sort of streaming content, whether that be from a streaming service or from music on a, a computer or a network-attached storage device or something like that. Then, yeah. then the network stuff is definitely going to play a part in this. If you're just talking about playing CDs, vinyl, um, you know, content that, that is right in front of you, then the network isn't really relevant sure. at that point. Um, and then on the cable front... I've always played the game of let's pick the appropriate cables based on the caliber of the rest of the products in the system. Sure. So if somebody decides, you know, I want I want this really nice pair of $600 bookshelf speakers and we're going to use this 
$800 amplifier to drive them. It doesn't make any sense to ask them to spend $1,500 on a pair of high-resolution speaker wire, right? I mean, that just doesn't make sense. On the flip side, somebody spends $20,000 on a pair of speakers, and they have a a really high-end amplifier that's maybe dollars $14,000, a pair of $600 speaker wire isn't good enough. Yeah. So there you just go. making sure that we, we, we pick the appropriate wire. And there's a lot. I mean, we could have a whole conversation just on uh, the wiring and surge protection. I don't want to get into all that crazy detail <laughs> because it is, it is a very deep conversation. And uh, Clark will tell you when that manufacturer comes to town and takes us to dinner, we will literally have a four-hour conversation on speaker wire. So here, here's, here's the best advice that I can give. If, if all of this confused you, you should definitely come and talk to these guys. Yeah. If all of this got you more excited to talk about deeper hi-fi conversations, you should come and talk to these guys. So there is something <laughs> to be gained everywhere in between. Absolutely. If you'd like to have a four-hour speaker wire dinner, uh, I think these guys are <laughs> up for it. I am not the not the one that's going to be uh, joining for that. <laughs> but I found this to be a fascinating conversation. Uh, there are so many components, and they are so customizable, and they are so well, – you, you said it with the, the, the investment range that you're putting into it, making sure you're getting the most out of it, not overspending on any one component that is going to be lost in a system that it doesn't fit in, but also not you know underspending on a component that's going to suck away from a a, a setup that is is and, needing and, more. And they'll leave the I think the listeners with one last point. I think is you know once you enter the dimension of high fidelity, that first moment when you hear music and it's like it's hard for you to differentiate the artist being in the room with you or not. And, yeah. and the, the equipment's just out of it and the room's out of it. It's just kind of this sublime experience. You'll remember that and there's no going back. Ooh. And I tell this Empty. to people a lot because a lot of people come in and say, oh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm good, you know, with medium quality sound and picture whatever. And then they'll experience something that is above that at whatever grade we settle on. And they're so thankful and they... And it's a different experience for them. And it's a passion and that, of course, Jeff and I love and, and love to help people with. But we encourage you to find out what that's like for you. If you'd like to have a real experience, try listening to this podcast in <laughs> iFi. You'll feel like you're in the room with the three of us, and it will be a transcendent experience. Uh, sure gentlemen, thank you, as always, uh, for joining <laughs> me. Uh, this this is one of our longer podcasts we've had in a while. And we, we had to be, at the beginning, I go, let's just start talking about this, because I don't know enough, and here we are uh, you know, this far into it. A lot it, to so say it, on it. And it, we just brushed good. the surface. But just we'll, brushed, we'll help you. We'll help you for sure. It's fantastic well thank you gentlemen uh if you if you'd like to hear any more of the encore audio video podcasts in and hi-fi or lo-fi uh, they are available at odyssey.com uh if you want to learn more about this topic or any of the others the best place to start is right here where we're sitting which is the encore audio video showroom on 14th and everett in the pearl district you can go online to encoreaudiovideo.com or give these guys a call uh that is the best place to start if you're trying to set up your own system yeah gentlemen encourage it thanks luke thanks absolutely have a great day thank you for listening to the encore audio video podcast if you have questions about today's topic or to schedule your free consultation with jeff and clark go to encore